Well, this morning, we want to dive into this. If you have your Bibles, open up to Romans chapter 12. And I just want to say thank you for believing in us, believing in our future, making things happen. And we're going to move forward and believe God for great things. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you this morning, these next few moments, that as we open our hearts and prepare our hearts for what you have planned for us in this coming new year, we want to stop to say thank you for all that you've done. You've brought us through, regardless of what has happened, what has transpired, you've brought us through. We're standing on the threshold of a brand new year, and we pray, Father, that by your Holy Spirit, you'll lead us and direct us forward into your plans and your purposes in 2018. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and Paul writing here, and he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to, the, to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. How many know that's a mouthful? Amen. But how many know in order to, and this morning we'll talk to you about deliberate intention. And the theme is the road to transformation. And I just prayed over this, been praying over this for months and moving forward and what that means. But the road to transformation means that our life in God is a journey, not a destination. How many understand that? I don't just get to where I'm saved enough and I just part. Paul said it like this. I'm pressing forward for the pride, for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I don't count myself to have arrived. So life in God is not a destination. It is a journey. And then the promise is, is that we enter into the ages to come with him. So there's a great journey in eternity with him as well. Amen. But to present your body as a living sacrifice. How many know that takes some deliberate intention? You have to choose that. It's not going to happen by accident. Amen. I'm not going to be able to pick you up if this was an altar this morning. If I say, come on, I'm going to put you on the altar, you're going to say, well, not without my agreement. Amen. So you have to be involved. You have to choose to participate in that. So look at the cover of your outline. You can follow along with me. So we're talking about the road to transformation. And I found out this, that there's a principle in life that the way you leave determines how you enter. How you leave determines how you enter. Those of you that are married, if you ever woken up in the morning, had a disagreement with your wife, and you left the house angry and fighting and scrapping, you show up at work, you usually don't show up with your best attitude. Because the way you left home determines how you entered your job. Are you with me? So the way you leave a place determines how you enter the next place. It doesn't matter if it's a place, a job, a relationship, a church, a day, a year, or even our salvation. So many people say, I'm going to accept Christ as my Savior, but I want to keep some of my old life. Well, it won't work that way. And that's what trips a lot of people up. And so, but whether, no matter what it is, to have what's new, you have to leave the old behind. How we leave the old or the past will always determine how we enter our future or the next phase or season of our life. So as we come upon a new year, we always have a choice. How am I going to enter the next year? I don't know about you. If we don't make changes, we never have a tomorrow. We just have a longer today. 
How many know that might not be too exciting depending upon how today goes? So we might want to plan for a tomorrow. So what does that mean? Look at the cover of your outline. You cannot enter a new place without leaving a, without leaving a previous place. As we depart from 2017, let us find the resolve to leave well. Think about that. I want to leave well. It was a, if it was good, leave looking for even better. If it was bad, leave looking for much better. If it was painful, leave looking for healing. If there was loss, leave looking for restoration and increase. If it was the worst year ever, leave looking forward to the best year ever. Amen. I mean, no, attitude is everything. And you determine what your attitude is going to be. We choose what kind of attitude we are going to have. And that has a huge difference upon all of our lives. So we're talking about intentional transformation. And that's what I want you to get down on the inside of you. That you would purpose to intentionally seek transformation in your life. The Bible says that when it says don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed. The word transformed there comes from the Greek word metamorpho. Which actually means like a caterpillar coming out of his cocoon. So a caterpillar goes in and a butterfly comes out. He is completely changed. He didn't come out kind of looking like a caterpillar with wings. He actually is completely changed. A lot of what happens when we want to be changed, we want all that God has to offer, but I still want to keep my fuzzy midsection, a few of those extra little legs. You know, whatever it is, I still want to keep some of my caterpillar characteristics. Amen. But God wants to completely transform you. And the change that God has for our life is so much better than the old. Would you agree? And so the word intentional means this. It is an adjective. It means done on purpose or deliberately. How many of ever people pull a prank on you? How many of ever pulled a prank on somebody? How many did it intentionally? Amen. So, but that's when we're choosing God, when we're choosing transformation, we have to choose to do it intentionally. As I said, the road to transformation and our life in Christ is a journey, not a destination. God's plan and purpose is always a journey, not a destination. It's discovered on the path He sets for our lives. He sets the course, and we intentionally choose to follow. God sets this amazing card. I'm not going to read it to you, but Ephesians 2.10 says that we are His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, that we may do those good work that He prearranged, predestined for us to do. The, the Amplified says that, that we may live the good life that He prearranged for us, walking out the path that He preset for our life. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but God has a pre-planned path for our life. So think about that. It's so awesome when we understand that. Now, I want you to think about this. No one really shows up or ends up anywhere by accident. How many of you got here and didn't know you were going to be here this morning? <laughs> Sean's the only one that didn't know he was going to be here this morning. <laughs> Showed up completely by accident, walked through the door and said, how in the world did I get here? Oh, you, you, you intended to be here this morning. You could have been someplace else, could have done something else. This is New Year's Eve. You could have been anywhere doing anything, driving somewhere, watch people blow things up and be stupid, whatever. But you chose to be here. Amen. You, you made that you deliberately intend. You got up, you went through the whole process to arrive here at the time that you set to be here. So no one really shows up anywhere by accident. Only on purpose or by intention. 
Hear me this morning. There'll be no one in heaven or in hell who did not intend to go there. Nobody's going to wake up in hell at the end of their life and go, wow, how did I get here? Nobody's going to show up in heaven and go, wow, I never expected to get here. It, it just doesn't happen that way. There's no way that happened. Everything happened by intention. You arrive at every destination in life intentionally. Years ago, ACDC sang a song about highway to hell. I'm on a highway to hell. Well, when they show up there, it'll be no surprise. <laughs> Dude, it was your anthem song. Are you with me? Everything you promoted was glorifying hell. And so you deliberately intended to reject God and to glorify. And that's just one example. It was just two that came to my mind because I came out of that era. Thank God I came out of that era. Amen. The next one, Led Zeppelin sang about climbing the stairway to heaven. But how many know it takes more than singing a song about it? You can sing about, I'm climbing the stairway to hell. But you're going to have to deliberately intend to live for God and to make the right choices. Singing a song is not a guarantee of entrance into the kingdom. They sang some other stuff that was really stupid as well. Could I get amen? amen. But, on, <laughs> but on these two songs, which are in a sense entitled only, very prophetic. In that either destination, heaven or hell, is the result of an intentional and purposeful choice. Destinations are arrived at intentionally and on purpose. Where you and I are in our life today, where you are right now in life, is where you have intended to be up till this point. What we make New Year's resolutions about, we survey our life, we think, wait a minute, maybe I need to make some changes, intentionally make some changes, and enact some purpose to change some things about my life. Think about it. Jesus uh, 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 said it like this, and he says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and spacious and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many are those who are entering through it. But the gate is narrow, contracted by pressure, and the way is straightened and compressed that leads away to life. And few are those who what? Few are those who what? So they stumble upon it, but they deliberately are looking for the narrow way, the narrow path that leads to life. You and I, when we're born into this world, the Bible tells us that we're born with, we're with an inherent fallen nature. And so to be natural and to go the way of the course of this world, to be on the broad path, comes naturally to us. We don't have to think about doing it, it just naturally happens that parents, our job is to help teach our children to shape their will, to teach them to choose the right choice. And we find out that how at a very early age, their little wills begin to manifest. And before long, we have UFC cage fighting going on between parents and their children because wills manifest at an early age and it's your job to teach them to be led and to use their will properly and how to submit their will to authority. Could you say Amen. If you don't, welcome to the battle. Hallelujah. And a hush came over the crowd. That usually happens right about there. Praise the Lord. So watch it. 
So he said, but it's narrow. And so you have to choose and deliberately choose to find it. Each new year is a mile marker on our journey of being transformed and conformed into the image of Christ. Paul prayed this in, in Galatians chapter 4 for the church. He says, I'm praying for you until Christ is fully formed in you. The will of God is that you and I be conformed to the image of Christ. That our lives become more and more a reflection of the character, the nature, and the life of Christ. Are you with me? That's the will of God. But how many know that's transformation? We don't reflect the nature of Christ naturally. We have to go through the process of change and transformation. But it's not going to happen by accident. It's going to happen intentionally. And so with that, this year I'm asking you to join me in making 2018 a year of intentional transformation. How many could say amen? How about you? I'm ready. You know what? We're, we're, we're not just buying this building just to stay the same. I'm ready to get the ugly off the outside of this building. Pastor, what he said, it, 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 it's bothered me all these years. We've been here, the whole process. I understand all that's going, but I'm ready for this to, just to be able to fix things and to do things. So we've invested, and that's where we've been. We've got to a place we've invested up to what we can, but it's no longer feasible. But, but now that we own it, we now get the equity beyond that of investing and turning that up and moving forward. Are you with me? And so we're purposing to do a lot of things. That's just one natural example. So let's make this a year of investment. What does that mean? Choose to take the initiative for change. Everything that happens in our life is either directly or indirectly intentional and on purpose. Everything that happens in our life is either directly or indirectly intentionally on purpose. Praise the Lord. Romans 12, as we read, says this. I want to hear it from the Amplified. Don't be conformed to this world age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. But be transformed, chained by the entire renewal of your mind. Somebody say entire. I mean, the entire renewal of my mind. What happens is when I don't allow the Word of God to completely renew my mind, I stay in a battle in an argument with God. Years ago, a pastor, when we were pastoring up in Bibra, a pastor from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, or Lafayette, Louisiana, his name was Elbert Willett, he showed up in our area, we had him come, and he preached a message on having a controversy with God. See, if I'm preaching, and pastor's preaching, or you're hearing the Word of God, reading the Word of God, if you don't agree with the Word of God and the truth when it's proclaimed, you don't have a problem with me, you have a controversy with God. Amen. And the only way to break that controversy is to agree. How many know God's not changing his mind? He's not going to change. He's declared his will. He's declared his truth. And so when I just renew my mind, then I find out, God, you are so smart. How many found that out about your parents around 27, 28, 39? <laughs> there was a day you woke up, hey, mom and dad aren't that dumb after all. Amen. Well, the same thing happens to us with God. Wake up. God is really smart. Amen. Ephesians says it like this. Look, look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately. Listen to that. Live purposefully, worthily, and accurately. Not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people making the most of the time. Deliberately making the most of your time. How many know everybody has the same amount of time 
Nobody gets more hours, more minutes in a day, a week, a year, whatever. We just all get the same amount of time. But what we choose, deliberately choose to do with our time, how we invest it, makes a difference. Making the most of your time. Buying up. Look at this. Buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. So Paul's saying, hey, you don't need an artificial stimulation. Let the Holy Spirit stimulate you. Let Him be the influence you. Influence or in your life and let him work his work of transformation. How many know God works from the inside out? He worked from his spirit, his life on the inside, changes us from the inside out. And that's what we want to allow to happen. Think about it. God is a God of specific intention. Look at your outline with me. And so we go back, and as Sean said about New Year's resolution, most New Year's resolutions never work because there was never any intention of keeping them. Have you ever made that resolution you never intended to keep besides me? It just sounded good at the moment. Amen. We see it every year at the gym. We'll have an influx of membership at the gym here in January and February. By May, we wonder where they all went. Because they join, they want to get in shape, they want to do the right thing, do all that stuff, be healthy, get dead, lose weight, da-da-da-da, whatever. But the intention to see it through and the desire and the purpose wasn't there. See, God is a God of specific intention or purpose. When God gave Moses a design for the tabernacle, there was to be a specific table in the holy place called the table of showbread or the bread of purpose. The word showbread means bread of purpose. And what that meant is that on that table, there were 12 individual loaves, one representing each tribe of Israel. And each of those loaves was to be baked fresh and replaced every week and kept fresh before the presence of God. Because God is a God of purpose. He's not a stale God. He's not an old-fashioned God. He is up-to-date. He is fresh. God's purpose is always specific and never stale. Could you say amen? But to live in that, we have to purpose to keep moving forward. So on the road to transformation, that's why I said life in God is a journey, not a destination. This is what happened. People get just enough, just enough of God to become religious. And then once I become religious, I lose my desire and my passion to grow in the Lord and my intention and my prayer. And so now that I'm religious, I just become stuck in one place. Next thing I know, my life in God is becoming stale. And I become a moldy, crusty Christian. Say, wait a minute, God, I'll give you my life. Turn me back into dough, need me a little bit. Put me back in the fire. Roast me again. Amen. And come out. Make me a brand new love. Bring fresh purpose back to play in my life. See, God's word places the demand upon our lives to be intentional. When you read the word of God, God always is inspiring us to be intentional in the things we do and the choices we make. Think about it. To be purposeful in word and in deed. Just as we read those verses. In our choice, in our action, in faith and obedience, in love and forgiveness, or in all aspects of our life, the Word of God challenges us to be intentional. Amen. 
In Acts chapter 11, we read the account of Barnabas and Jerusalem had heard that the word of God had come to Antioch. And so they sent Barnabas and a delegation down there. And when he gets there, he finds the believers there and he finds the grace of God moving amongst them. And then he gives this encouragement. When he arrived and saw what grace, favor, God was bestowing upon them, he was full of joy and he continuously exhorted, warned, urged and encouraged them to cleave unto and remain faithful and devoted to the Lord with resolute and steady purpose of heart. Say, Pastor, what am I doing? What are you doing this morning? I am encouraging you, exhorting you, warning, urging you to cleave unto and remain faithful and devoted to the Lord with resolute, steady, and purpose of heart. This year, moving forward, make it a year of intentional transformation. Can you say amen? Think about that. What about intentional church and Christianity? What does that mean? When the disciples asked Jesus, excuse me, When the disciples asked Jesus why they could not cast the devil out of the boy, his reply was to them that these kind come out through deliberate intention, or in other words, through prayer and fasting. See, we live by intentional action and purpose, or we suffer the consequences of inaction. If I'm not being intentional... Then I'm not moving. I'm stagnant. I'm stag- and then life is happening to me and around me. And I'm suffering the consequences of inaction. Which is the absence of action. Intentionally. Not by accident. See, if I don't choose to act, I'm intentionally choosing to be inactive. And I'm allowing a life just to happen to me. When I could have been involved and affecting a change. Can you say amen? Go with me to Matthew chapter 17. And I want you to read this with me. Are you doing all right? Come on, this is going to be a great year. God's going to do some great things. Why? Because we're intentionally moving forward. We're going to deliberately believe to see things change and come to pass. How many have ever wanted to see more answers to prayer? It won't happen by accident. You have, you have to intentionally change in, in doing different things. You have to apply the principles of God's Word. Matthew 17, verse 14. And when they came to him, the multitude, and when they had come to the multitude, thank you, David, I have some, but appreciate it. Thank you so much. A man came to him, kneeling down, to him saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. So think about that. And many times when I read this, I get convicted because there are people who hear about the Lord and they come to church expecting the church to be able to produce what the Bible declares we are. And so if we can't produce it, they're going to be discouraged. So we have to deliberately purpose and intentionally do church to be the church that Jesus said we're supposed to be. Amen? 
So we have to do something about that. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. I want to be the church. I want to be the believer that is able to look at things. Hey, bring that to me. I can affect a change. I believe God. I have faith in God. I believe in the word. Amen? And we believe that God will move on our behalf. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and he came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. Everybody look up here just for a moment. You will have to deliberately choose to do something about unbelief in your life. We all battle with it. Your battle isn't against all these other things. It, you live in a battle against unbelief. Breaking through the things that attack you when you try to stand by faith in God. So Jesus said, because of your unbelief. For, look at what he says. For surely I say to you, if you have faith, you will say to this mountain, you, you, will, you, you have faith as a mustard seed. You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. How many believe Jesus told the truth? But in order to see that verse be a living reality in our life, we have to deliberately and intentionally apply our life to make that come to pass, to live with that kind of faith in God. And he gives the answer, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and by fasting. So why pray? Why fast? Because it is deliberate action. It's purposeful action that builds my faith and positions me and prepares me to see God's power and God's anointing work through my life. Could you shout amen? Look at the top of the next page of your outline, if you would. Walking in the fullness of God's purpose and power for our lives will only happen by intentional action on our part, not inaction. I put in there the definition of inaction. I hadn't really looked it up, and then I, I looked it up and said, man, that's really a lot. It's a noun meaning abstinence from action. There's a lot of people in life abstaining from doing anything. Look at our society today. We have a whole culture. We, we've been substance indoctrinated. Sub, not sub, subsistence indoctrinated. I want everything for doing nothing. I want, I want to abstain from acting on my own benefit, improving my own life. I want you to work, make a lot of money, and be taxed because you're successful. And then give me and pay me what you make for doing nothing. Thank you. You're crazy. Amen. But that's where we live. Abstinence from action, dormancy, failure to act, idleness, immobility, impotence. Impotence is inability to reproduce. Motionlessness, passivity, sluggishness, stagnation, stillness, suspended animation. How many want to live there? Amen. Suspended animation. Unemployment. Unprogressiveness, vegetation. How many of you ever talked to one of your friends and say, What are you doing today? They said, Nothing, I'm vegging out. How many of you ever said that yourself? Amen. I'm just vegging, I'm just going to go veg out. What am I saying? I don't want to do anything, I don't want to act, I want to be completely inactive. You know what that's going to produce? Nothing. Amen. So watch this. The will of God for our lives is intentional Christianity. 
or if you would, a life in Christ lived on purpose and with specific intention. That's God's will for our lives. Think about it. To live with purpose and specific intention means looking for and using the opportunities God sets before us, not by chance. You have to be looking for opportunities. That's why we read Ephesians. Buying up every opportunity. God leads us, and there are opportunities in front of us, but we have to be positioned to see them. Or in other words, God puts us on His path, and so specific intention means I'm learning and I'm living to my eternal destiny. Believing that God has the death. We quote it all the time. Jeremiah 29, 11. Listen to what God said. I, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. Do you hear that? I know the thoughts and the plans. That means God has intentionally thought about you. He's intentionally on purpose thought about your life and in my life. I know the thoughts and the plan that I have for you. And we say, okay, bring them on, Lord. Pour it on. I'll take the double blessing. God said, no, they're, they're on the path. You're, you're going to have to get involved. You're going to have to be engaged. Are you with me? That's the way it comes to pass in our life. Not by chance, but on purpose. Look at your outline with me. Intentional Christianity means living by faith on purpose. Romans 10 says, faith comes by. Faith comes by. So the disciples were listening, but they were not hearing. Listening is not hearing. Hearing is when the Word of God comes from being something written on a page to something living in your heart. And that living Word inspires you to step out and to act in faith believing. Amen? Then that's how faith comes. But it happens deliberately. Think about it. It comes from hearing the Word, not by accident. No one is just saved by accident. No one is successful and blessed by accident. No one is faithful by accident. Only by specific intention and acting on purpose. You know, we just celebrated Wayne and Sally's 50th anniversary. The Jacksons had their amazing anniversary. People with long life and successful anniversary. Uh, uh, Ray and Jenny, over 40 years. Uh, 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 Cecil and, 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 and Jerry and so many in our church with so many great years of marital success and that. But how many know it took determination? It's two people intending purposefully intending to do life together. Amen. My pastor used to say this. You show me two people with a successful marriage, and I'll show you two people who worked real hard to make it that way. Amen. We choose to work together. We choose to make this thing happen. You're taking two different personalities, two completely different people from different backgrounds, different DNA, different family, sometimes different culture, and, and, and they're making a decision. We're going to live life together. How are we going to make this? Today, the reason we have such a high divorce rate is because nobody intends to keep their vows. I, I'm not, I, I don't do this. I don't intend to keep my vows. In fact, I'm writing a prenuptial agreement. A prenuptial agreement means when this fails, I get all my stuff and you get nothing. Well, wait a minute. When you said I do, you gave away everything right you had there. So now I've got to make up new vows. Instead of all that I have and all that I ever shall be, I give you now. We say, you get this much and no more. <laughs> Don't shout me down for preaching real good this morning. Amen. But watch this. So think about it. 
It doesn't happen by accident. Find somebody successful in life, they worked hard to be a success. They applied what was needed to be a success. They paid the price to be a success because they intended to be a success. Are you with me? No matter what area of life it is, even in our walk with God. God is a God of purpose, not chance. His promises are not based on lottery odds, one in 200 million. You don't get an answer to prayer just because you hit the Holy Ghost lottery. Amen. Life in Christ is not hoping one day to win the Super Bowl lotto or Powerball jackpot. When we first started the ministry, we were up in Burning, California, and this couple was going to go to Reno and go gambling for the weekend. And they said, Brother Pritchard, if you'll pray for us, we'll tithe on our winnings. I said, why don't you just tithe now? Why don't you just give me what you're going to give them? Amen? Because they definitely, they're going to win, not you. Amen. I've had other family members say, as soon as I win the lotto, I'm going to buy you a church. I said, won't you just tithe? We'll buy it then. Amen? But doing all that stuff. We keep thinking in this way, but we have to be transformed in our mind. Life in Christ flows and accumulates His increase in our lives by our day-to-day specific intention to live by His Word and following His revealed will for our lives by living on the road to transformation. Amen. And everything we do. Pastor Sue and I have been working on our house. We've lived in the same house for going on 23 years now. And we've been working on that house for 23 years. It's been transformed. Every now and then people come and go, might you have a nice house? Yeah, it's been a 22-year transformation. Amen. You should have seen it when we got it. Amen. That's like one guy got this piece of land and fixed it all up and did everything and did all this great work and, and, and just re-landscaping and beautified it and did all this stuff. And somebody came by and said, man, the Lord sure has blessed you. Look at this beautiful place he gave you. He said, you should have seen it when he had it all by himself. <laughs> That's funny right there. I don't care who you are. Amen. But that's, but that's the way, when you just start living by God and doing the things that are why. So what have we done? We've saved and we've done something else. We've saved and we've done something else. And everything we've done, we paid for with cash. Are you listening to me? And so, yeah, it takes us 22 years to get to where we are. We're on the last room in our house. Sue and I have been married 38 years and we finally have separate sinks in our bathroom. We just stand there and look at each other. How are you doing down there? wonderful amen i can brush my teeth and she's not spitting in the sink at the same time it's marvelous amen (laughs) hallelujah watch this watch this get this what we do not do intentionally we do voluntarily what we do not do intentionally we do voluntarily what does that mean which is an intentional choice of doing nothing which produces outcomes that we must respond to or live with instead of outcomes that we are actively involved in. 20 years ago, Sue and I were tired of being in debt. Not by spending improperly, just by life 
not have enough. And we purpose, God, we want to get out of debt. So we changed everything about our life. We just began to believe God. And by setting His principle in motion with a greater level of faith in our life, we have been tithers ever since we got saved and givers ever since we got saved. But something, for some reason, we just weren't getting a breakthrough. And we made this decision. And then within six months, God came along and He took our not enough and transformed it into more than enough. And some of you have heard me say it, but through, through the course of time, moving here, starting the church, having to work and raise finance, do all that stuff. If the washer broke or the tires needed to be repaired or something had to happen or something with the kids or you needed something, there was, no, there was just no money. So we had to go into debt. So we had almost $10,000 in credit card debt. And God, by His grace, after we had set our heart and purpose to live by faith in a greater measure, God moved on somebody's life. In one weekend, God brought $11,000 into our life. A family walked into our house. We want to pay off your debt. I said, obey God. <laughs> How many would say the same thing? Amen. And so they paid off our credit card debt. They, they asked us, young couple, would you let us obey God? I said, yeah, absolutely. They said, we want to pay off your debt. I said, obey. Amen. <laughs> obey. But God, hear this. Hear this. What we don't do intentionally, we do voluntarily. You can turn it around. So we're doing intentional church in Christianity. What does that mean? We're starting. You've heard us talk about growth track. What are growth track? That means for our church, we've been going through last year, recalibration, reevaluating, re-looking at things. So moving forward, our goal is that every person ought to be able to find their place and their position in the body of Christ. So we come into Church 101 the first week, and we introduce you to church and church life and that. And then we go into the essentials of what it means to be involved in church. And then we go into the discovery of finding out what your gifts are. Every time I take that gift mix, and that, that always takes you to Romans 12 and the gifts that are mentioned there, then I always find out that I'm a prophet teacher. So my strength is in prophetic teaching and that. And so that's where I, I function and flourish the best. Yours are going to be in that area or in other areas, but everybody fits in that area. We want to help you discover that. And then to have impact in the kingdom. Jesus said this in John 16, I have called you and appointed you that you would go forth and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. The will of God is that you be a person, every person would bring increase to his kingdom. And so helping you discover that. And that's part of what intentional Christianity and church is. And then prayer and fasting, intentionally building up your faith. Jesus said these kind only come out by prayer and by fasting. So starting this year, we're asking you, I'm asking you to join me in nine days of fasting. Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, starting next week, for the next three weeks, fast and pray those three days. Next Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night, we're going to have corporate prayer here at the church. Six o'clock on Sunday, seven o'clock on Monday and Tuesday. Let's come together, let's pray. Let's deliberately intend to transform our life. Let's build and increase our faith. Amen. It's possible. It's possible. Praise the Lord. So think about it. I want to close with this. I want you to hear this. Your paycheck is your greatest wealth building asset. Your paycheck is your greatest wealth building asset. 
Not an inheritance or anything else. Something's going to happen. But just what you do day to day with the resources that God puts in your hand. And if you'll use those wisely, God will begin to add increase. That's what Pastor Sue and I did. We just purpose. We're going to get out of debt. One reason we do the Financial Peace Seminar is because it teaches people to look at your paycheck. You have money coming into your hand. Now how you choose to allocate that money is going to determine what your future is being. I love what Dave Ramsey said. It is sad when people work their whole lifetime and get to the end of their life and have nothing to show for it. When we worked, I, I met a man, uh, 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 Rollin Riddle, when we did the Gold Rush Tournament, and he just worked at a grocery store. He made very little money. He said, Don, I always honored God. I always saved money, and I always had money to invest, and I was able to buy my house and do these things because I just managed my money wisely. And when you begin using what God has put in your hand, honoring God, becoming a tither, saving money, you need to be saving money. Can I plead with you today? Put God first and put yourself first before you buy your next TV. Before you upgrade anything electronic in your life that lasts less than three years. Upgrade your future. Invest in your future. Give God something to work with in your life. Amen. Think about it. When we choose to live, see, debt comes from living by desire instead of intention. When we choose to live beyond our ability and resources, then we need God to provide a miracle just to break even. Faith and finances work exactly the same. They can both seem like not enough to meet the need that is before you or for your life as a whole. But when we use our finances like our faith, God adds to what is lacking. Faith acts and God adds the increase. Can you agree with me this morning? So hear me. Wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. God's word. Foolishness is the improper application or the rejection of knowledge. Matthew 7, Jesus said, He that hears my word and does is like a wise man that built his house upon the rock. The rains came, the storms come, the floods came, beat against the house, and the house stood because it was built on the rock, on the word. Wisdom. Wisdom, a wise man. The foolish man heard and did not do. His house was built upon sand, and the same storms came. See, it takes deliberate intention to be transformed into using God's word, to building with wisdom. Are you with me? Think about it. I'm asking you to make 2018 a year of intentional transformation with me. Be purposeful. Be intentional. Take time in prayer. Purpose this year. On the back of your outline, I put our goals for the next three years. Just simplified them down as much as I could. Say, Pastor, what do you want to do? And I'm asking you to take this and keep it. It's going to be on the back of every outline through the month of January here because I want you to be praying with me over it during these times. We're going to buy this building. We're going to renovate. We're going to expand and increase our outreach and ministry and what we do here. And we're going to maintain a continuing goal of raising $300,000 a year. We didn't reach it yesterday, but I believe God's going to win these days. Something supernatural is going to happen. God's going to move. I believe if we keep pressing, we use our faith, we keep stepping, it's going to happen because that means we'll keep moving forward. We're going to pay for everything we do with cash. 
Amen. And with that goal, it's entirely possible that in five years, not only would we renovate this place, expand this place, it could almost be completely paid off. How many know that's exciting? Amen. That's our goal. And then we're recalibrating our church and our mission. The book of Acts, just quickly, gives us the, the two things in the book of Acts. The birth of the church and its mission. The church was birthed to preach the gospel to the world. That's it. We exist to reach this world, to reach this county. When God changes you and transforms us, we become concerned about the lost in the community around us. The church a prayer was to be its engine. It was to be fueled by the Holy Spirit and guided by the truth of God's word. So that's where we're headed, guy. Next, how are we going to do it? By going back to basic. We want to increase the value of every person that walks through this door. I want you to see the value that God has set upon your life. I have it hard to believe that God would choose to use me, knowing who I was, where I came from, that God set any value upon my life. But I want you to hear me today. God has set great value upon your life. And the things that we're intending to do is to help you to see that and realize that and step into it and walk into it with fullness. Could you shout amen? We want to raise the value of everybody that walks through this door and through fellowship and discipleship and then through assimilation and fellowship with our growth track, building up our family ministry, increasing our, our outreach and our... Come on, the most important thing you can do is help us minister to family. Come on, a lot of our families, a lot of people are praying, praying for their kids to get saved. You know when a lot of kids get saved? When they get married and they start having children. Then they come to their sense and say, oh my goodness, I need to get back in church. I have to raise this child. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I need some help up in here. And so when the church says, hey, we're ready, come on in. We'll help you raise your family. We'll teach you how to be a success and to do this thing right and run your course with victory. Amen? And so when you minister to families, when you get involved in children's ministry, you're causing the church to be strong. And then through life groups and home groups, I'm praying some of you say, hey, I could open my home and sponsor a life group. How many know just this message right here could be unpacked? Covered a lot of territory. I always cover a lot of territory. I can't help it. I try to change and make it smaller and they keep it blowing up. Amen. That's me. I keep working on it. Amen. But bow your head to me this morning. You could be a sermon grade based life group sponsor. Open your home. Let believers come in, talk about God, talk about the word, pray one for another, encourage one another, build one another up. Strengthen the body. Edify the body right there in your own house. Father, today I thank you. My heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here today and you've never made a deliberate intention and purposeful decision to live for Christ. And be like the disciples. You come to church, listen to sermons, go and hear things. But when you leave, your choices are still the same as they've always been. You never intended to live for God. We can know something and know truth, but choosing to live by truth takes deliberate intention. Maybe today... You're ready. Turning this corner on a brand new year. I'm going to choose to deliberately live for God through 2018. I'm ready for transformation in my life. Well, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If that's you today and you've never made that choice to live for God deliberately, intentionally, all out, no reserve, not trying to keep anything in the know, going for the new life because yours in Christ. I want you to raise your hand real high right now. I want to pray with you. Is that anybody this morning? Amen. Thank you, sweetheart. Anybody else? 